When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Girl on Top Shallon XO podcast. I'm your host, Shallon Lester, and you might know me from my YouTube channel, where I analyze celeb relationships and scandals for the lessons we can take into our own lives. But here on the podcast, I answer the best questions you submitted over the past week. Welcome back to the podcast, Shalligators. Now, if you guys follow along on my YouTube channel, you know that we are knee deep in grad week. A week where we are focusing on all of you guys who just exited university, you're preparing to go into the real world, or you know what? Maybe you're not. Maybe you're only going into your senior year and you're already getting ugh, mighty nervous. Or dude, maybe you're just now going into college, but you're already thinking ahead to the future and how your future is in fact going to shape up. So over there, we have several videos that are up with a few more coming. We're talking about you know, kind of how to find yourself after graduation, how to figure out the passion for your career and be authentic and what you want to do with your life. We're also talking about Kim Kardashian going back to law school and how that relates to trying things boldly and daring greatly. And we've talked about our best interview tactics. So if those videos aren't quite up yet, go ahead and check back on the channel because they will be up toot sweet. So I figured we should keep the train rolling here and talk about a few different topics in one. We're going to discuss post-grad burnout, because, ugh, right? We're gonna talk about adapting to nine to five life after being a student for your entire conscious life. I mean, the last time you were not a student, you were in diapers. So this is all you've ever known, and boy, oh boy, it can be a rough landing. And we're going to talk about dealing with a male-dominated field. All right, but before we get into it, I want to remind you, if you want to talk to me one-on-one, you need some specialized help, go ahead and click down into the show notes, and you can find a link to my website, shallonlester.com. You can submit a question to me. I can get back to you in just as soon as 24 hours if you need ASAP help, but I get back to everybody. Also, girls, come with me to Paris. As I record this, we are actually in Costa Rica on a Shalligator getaway, having so much fun with 20 fantastic girls. Head over to my Instagram, ShallonXO, to follow along and see what a fan trip with me is actually like. Is it a bunch of like SAT prep questions? No, it's actually a lot of fun. And we are going to Paris next year, next April. We've got a few slots left. The trip is selling out really fast. We're going to be going to Paris, Versailles, the Champagne region. It's going to be amazing. So go ahead and click the link also in the show notes to join me for that. Okay, first things first, burnout. Burnout, I feel like, is kind of a relatively new concept. Like, I feel like I hadn't heard this word 
really until the last few years. I was just taught that you just work until you sort of drop dead. I don't know. I mean, we're all such a product of hustle culture where we have a job, but we've got a side hustle, rise and grind. Do you not hate rise and grind people? It should be outlawed by the Geneva Convention, someone posting rise and grind on their goddamn Instagram. It makes me insane. Anyway, I'm part of hustle culture. Like, I am taught to produce and work and work. And if you're tired, do you know what you do? You rest. No, you don't rest. Just kidding. You take an Adderall or a Red Bull or a line of Coke and you get your ass back out there. The show must go on. And so when I was working on a new project, I'm going to tease a little bit here, but it's a course I've been developing on how to get your ex-boyfriend back. And it's been a year that we've been working on it. It'll be out hopefully in a few weeks. I just really want to make sure it's absolutely perfect for you guys. But the chick I was developing it with, hi, Georgina, she's a shalligator. She's like, you are in the throes of burnout and you just can't see it. I was like insulted. I was like, no, I can work forever. What? And she's like, you're going to hit a wall. You think in three years, it's going to be in three weeks. So you need to find something that isn't like a billion videos a week. Don't worry. I'm never going to stop doing videos. But she was making a good point. And actually, almost exactly three weeks later, I ended up like flat on my ass. I got super sick. And she was right. So look, I say this because I don't want you to think that burnout is fake, that burnout is for lazy people. Permanent burnout, permaburn, is for lazy people. They encounter one bad break, something gets too hard, they lay down, and they never get back up again. And sometimes when we lay down, either literally, take a nap or whatever, or like existentially, we're worried that we're never going to get back up again. We talk about this same sort of fear when we talk about facing our issues and our trauma in the past. We don't want to because we're afraid we're going to look at it and we're never going to be able to stop. We're going to start crying about something and we're going to drown in those tears. We're going to fall into the abyss. And look, what I tell you about that is, um, has that happened yet in your life? Are you still crying over the guy who broke your heart when you were 14? No. You might not love to think about it, but you were on the floor crying, and at some point, you did pick yourself back up, and life went on, right? So I say this because I want you to rely on all the things you've already been doing. I want you to imbue yourself with this sense of resilience that has carried you this far, because you didn't come this far to only come this far. I mean, that's crazy. What, are you going to graduate? And be like, and retirement, here I am. AARP Magazine, sign me up. No. It's okay to take a strategic retreat and a strategic rest. So one thing we talked about in a YouTube video uh, during grad week now is get a dumb job. This is one of my best tips for college grads who either don't know what they want to do with their life are trying to decide between a few different things and like every path feels right, but every path also feels wrong, which truly is the curse of the alpha female because we are so good at so many things. I mean, we're creative, we're analytical, we can do debate, you know, we can graphic design, like one road, no one gets lost. So it's very hard to know your path. So I said, get a dumb job, work at Ben and Jerry's, work at Johnny Rockets, work at a bowling alley and stack your cash. And while you're doing this job that really doesn't take too much mental bandwidth, Use that bandwidth to really dig deep and figure out, okay, what do I want to do? 
And this is my advice if you're having burnout. No, you should not just lay in your mom's basement doing nothing, sponging off of other people, feeling sorry for yourself. That is not rest. That's not productive rest. If you're an athlete or if you've worked out a lot, you know the concept of active recovery, right? Like if you're working out hard, I've been working out a lot and I'm like, I I literally cannot go to the gym one more time. I'm going to kill myself. And I'm like, I'm just going to go lay on the couch tomorrow. And my trainer's like, no, you're not because that's going to make your muscles seize up. You're going to be more sore. Go for a walk. Go for a walk with your friends. Walk your dog a little extra long. I'm like, that feels like working out. And she looked me in the eye and she said, well, it isn't. It's literally just being ambulatory. It's the bare minimum that human bodies do. So shut up. I know she's mean, but she's right. And our minds function much in the same way, you know? When we think about decompressing, like the things truly in the past when it's like we've been so stressed out and it's like, okay, what made us feel better? A lot of times it wasn't taking a depression nap or even vegging out on the couch and binging something because we're usually not 100% focused on the show. We're like scrolling on our phone. We're snacking, feeling guilty about it, you know. When we think about, okay, I was in a terrible mood. What turned it around? It was seeing your best friend, playing with your dog, baking cookies. It was active, but recovery. So this is kind of what I want the vibe to be for you. I want you to get that bullshit job. And look, I talk about this way more in depth in the videos for grad week. Do not compare yourself to what other people are doing. Because part of the reason you might say, no, I can't, I can't work at Ben and Jerry's. No, Uh, all the other girls from my sorority are moving to Nashville because their dad got them an apartment. Yay. I'm just going to be like, a triple loser if I just basically give up. Strategic retreat looks like giving up. You know, I read a lot about war. I love it. This comes up in every sphere, every concept of military sort of philosophy is strategic retreat. You got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Fuck them if they think you're a loser. Fuck them. Let them win the battle. You'll win the war because what winning the war is is I am on my authentic path. I am energized. I am excited about the future. I honor myself when I need to rest, actively rest, but rest. Like, great that you're on a different path and maybe you're not burnt out because actually, Caitlin, you got straight C's all through college and I was making like high B's and A's. So I guess you're not as tired as me. No shit. You didn't have a job all during college. The job you had was called blow. Blowjobs. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. 
Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. really, really important that you kind of do this active recovery in as much of a vacuum as you can. Maybe that means logging out of Instagram for a few weeks or even months. Changing the code, give it to your best friend. <laughs> like, tell her you have to qualify in order to get back in. Who knows what it is? But really focus on listening to what you need and listening to what your body is saying in terms of, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this. And you're probably thinking, I don't want to work as hard as I've been working. I mean, I've never worked as hard as I did is when I was, honestly, when I was in high school. Like high school was a killer. It was crazy. Your college career might be the same way, but it's like you you get spat out into the world and everything you've ever known, every biorhythm, every schedule you've ever had is suddenly gone. It just evaporates one day. And you're supposed to be happy about this? You're supposed to wear some dumb flat hat with a tassel on it and you're like, I'm excited. I was freaking out when I left college. In fact, <laughs> this seems to be a pattern. I got really, really sick. I was like, I think I had a fever of 104 at my graduation. I was practically curled up in a ball and it was all coming from my mind. You know, it was the middle of summer. No one else was sick. And I was like dying because I, I did want to die because I'm like, I was terrified of the future. I didn't know what to do, what was going on. I knew I was useless as a student. I was. I was so burnt out. I didn't give a fuck about my classes. I, I don't even know the grades I made the last semester of college. I don't even think I checked my grades. I, I could have made all Ds. I have no clue. So I was done as a student. But the idea of working 40 hours a week was somehow worse. Because, you know, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. I didn't want to be in school anymore, but at least I knew how to do it. I didn't want to, but I could. Working, I didn't want to, and I didn't know how. Fucking great. And I did exactly the opposite of what I'm telling you guys to do. I jumped into a corporate job. I was a loan officer giving mortgages or whatever. I don't, I don't even know how to explain what I did because I was so bad at it. And I was like, this is a nightmare. I hate this. I'm bad at it. Everyone else is making like six figures a month. I'm eating peanut butter for dinner because I'm broke. And I'm like, I am pulling back and I'm doing active recovery. And I became a waitress and a secretary. They were bullshit jobs, but they're what I needed because I didn't know where I wanted to go. I didn't know the path I wanted. And again, I talk much more about this in the videos and how I figured out that path. But look, burnout is very real. As long as you understand that it is also finite. I mean, it's as finite as you decide it is. I know plenty of people who just went nowhere. Failure to launch. This is, oh my gosh, one of my good friends. She is so smart. She grew up in a small town in Georgia, got herself up and out of there. She literally grew up in a trailer. Went to this incredible boarding school back east. Went to an incredible college. Went to Vanderbilt. Stellar education. Like, I think she interned for a Tennessee senator. And you know what she is now? She's an alcoholic. She has never had a job outside of the service industry. Never. 
She got a waitressing job in college and liked that she was making quick, easy money and she could drink and she could do whatever she wanted. And she never left. She's a lifer. She's not even working now. I mean, I've never seen someone circle the drain like this for no fucking reason other than her own decisions. The world's not against her. You know, she's pretty, vivacious. It's like she just laid down and decided to die. Do you know what I mean? She, she isn't what I would say living and she's not dying. She's in this weird, non-existent, pointless purgatory. And I don't understand it. She decided her burnout was going to last forever. You can make the opposite choice. You can say, you know what? I'm going to give myself six months to work at this silly job. I'm going to give myself six hours to sit here and whine and cry. And then I'm going to get up and I'm going to do what needs to be done. I'm going to do what I was sent here as a woman, as a scholar, as an alpha female, what I was sent to do. So what comes next is the thing, is the nine to five working. And look, maybe that's not your path. Maybe you want to be a hairdresser. Maybe you want to be a YouTuber. I have a whole series on this too on my YouTube channel. Not as easy as you think. But let's say you are like the majority of us and you're going to go into some kind of, you know, nine to five situation. I'm not going to lie to you. It does take stamina. It takes an adjustment period. And that adjustment period might be for you two weeks. It might be two months. It might be two years. It took me two, really two years to get over college. And I don't know that I would have ever gotten over it had I not moved to New York. Had I stayed in my hometown doing some bullshit corporate job that I ended up taking after being a waitress because I was still trying to run away from my dream of being a writer in the big city, I would have maybe obsessed about college forever. I mean, the people I know who view college as their glory days, it's because, again, they've made that choice. They have chosen to just lay down and die the rest of their life. I mean, I know that sounds like an extreme example, but they have some dumb job and like a dumb husband and two dumb kids and a dog that's probably dumb also. You know, they're just sort of there. And that might suit them just fine. It does not suit us. That's not who we are. Adapting to nine to five life is tough. And what's going to make it easier though, is having a fairly rigid schedule around it. If you get up and you go to the gym every day at 7 a.m., your job is not going to disrupt that. That's still what you're going to do. Because you need a sense of normalcy and routine and stability to anchor you in this very difficult time of transition where everything is new. You mean I can get up and go to the bathroom whenever I want? I don't have to ask permission? They're like, no, you don't have to ask permission. You work, you can pee as many times as you want, man. Go crazy. Again, it's about that active recovery. It's about keeping things in your life that light you up inside. Because even if you land your dream job, even if you've got that internship at Vogue, oh my God, it is still going to be a grind, baby girl. You're going to come home and take your shoes off and lay on the floor and just basically hyperventilate. That's what I did. That's what most people do. But please know it is not going to last forever. Like anything, you develop stamina. I mean, do you remember how stressful your first day of kindergarten was? Exactly. Probably not because you adapted. You might remember your first day of high school, but did you feel that way every single day for four years? Probably not. So again, going back to what we were saying in the beginning, you have these skills and the best predictor of the future is the past. And in the past, I mean, yeah, it was maybe a rough landing at first, but you got it. 
So don't tell yourself that this is going to be any different. What's stressful about nine to five life, I remember, is like just the endlessness of it. Like, okay, so there's no summer break. There's no winter break. There's no breaks at all. There's no graduation. I just do this until I'm 65. So 43 years. I would have like meltdowns about this. It was just the existential, again, that abyss that you're gazing into. But look, I have had several different careers. I'm an author. I was a reality star. I was a journalist. I was an editor at a magazine, not just a writer. Now I'm a YouTuber. We talk about the past creates the future. I'm probably going to have more careers, you know? And while that's scary, like, oh my God, I'm going to have to like dive into something else and adjust again. And holy shit, what is that going to be? Look, look, I stop myself from going down that rabbit hole and I change the channel. And I say, you know what? Instead of focusing on all the unknowns, let's again focus on the knowns. I did it before. I can do it again. I guarantee you, you're going to have more than one act in your life. You're going to have more than one edition of yourself. There's going to be many. And you can create those editions whenever you decide. Maybe you're going to work in graphic design for five years for a magazine and you're like, eh, I'm actually kind of over this. I think I want to do maybe more fashion design. I want to work for a sneaker company. Okay, you can do that. You do need to stick things out a little bit, though. I mean, you shouldn't be changing careers every few years. That's bad. And that tells me it's not that, oh, I'm just so passionate about so many things. It's that you're so bad at so many things. And so you keep jumping ship when the going gets tough. And there's no confidence to be found there. You know, there's no climb. There's no summit. There's really no pride. So you got to pick a lane and you got to stick with it for a while. But now, getting to our third topic. What if the lane you've picked is a male-dominated field? (laughs) So many of you guys suggested this when I asked you, what's your grad week topics? It's like, oh, dealing with male-dominated fields. And I just laughed. So I'm like, guess what? Every field is a male-dominated field. Can you think of one that isn't? The military, yes. Medicine, also yes. Teaching, I don't know. Yes, there's probably a lot more male professors than there are female professors. Well, Shallon, what about fashion magazines? Do you know who owns fashion houses? Who do you think owns LVMH? That would be a man. Who do you think owns Condé Nast that publishes Vogue and Glamour? Also men. Finance, men. Even YouTube is owned by Google. Who owns Google? Men. Who owns my management company? Fucking men. Like it's men own everything, dude. They run everything, right? So I'm not saying this to like, oh, like just overwhelm you and it really is dour. But you know what we hate here on this channel. We hate victims and we hate people who feel super special by their victimhood. You're in a male dominated field. Join the motherfucking club. And honestly, oh my God, it is so much better to be working with dudes than women. Women are catty and nightmarish. Men are straightforward. They might not respect you, but if you know what to look for, you can at least tell. Women are going to blow smoke. Oh my gosh, yes, Jenna, we should put you on that project. Oh, actually, I think it's full. The biggest bitches I've ever worked with in my life were never men. Men were evil, but I could see it. I knew it. I'm like, okay, 
you're evil. Now I know what I'm dealing with. Women masqueraded as my friend and oh yeah, we should put you up for this promotion, but you know what? You're just too pretty. Like literally they would say this bullshit to me. I know I'm bisexual. I've dated men and I've dated women. And there's a reason I do not currently date women is because they're nuts. You never know what they mean or what they want or what they're thinking, you know? And I am one. Like It's so frustrating. Men are so much more straightforward. It's like, I would like to touch your boobs. You're like, okay, thank you. Thank you. This makes so much more sense. Women are like, I said I'm fine. And you're like, oh my Christ. And we all do it. So look, one impulse in a male-dominated field, and it is a very understandable impulse, is to act like a man. Be one of the boys. It is a very unwise strategy. Have you ever encountered a man who you're like, he's one of the girls? Like a straight dude. Just like, pretend it's a straight dude. You know, he's, he's just one of the girls. Is that a compliment? No, that's some beta male shit. I don't want a man who acts like a woman. I want a man who acts like a man. You know, I want him to respect me as a woman, but I don't want him to be like a woman. Would you want to date somebody like that? No, it's disgusting. It's the same in work. Men are not going to forget that you are in fact a woman, right? And if you dial down your femininity to this weird butch place, all you're gonna do is strip yourself of crucial weapons in battle. Our femininity is not a weakness, it's a strength. If you view it as a weakness, that's your problem. Like you got an issue here, okay? Of course it's a weakness, the way any weapon can be a weakness. If you don't know how to use it, then the enemy's gonna turn it against you. And oh my God, they got this gun out of my hand, now I'm fucked. If you don't know how to weaponize your femininity, that's a problem. I have dealt with men and I've dealt with women. And again, I'm so much better with men because I know when to flirt and I know when not to. I know when to appeal to an ego and I know when to talk sense and be very straightforward like a man would communicate. I know when to be a little coy and a little helpless so I can manipulate someone into doing work for me that I don't want to do. And I know when to stand up for myself and when to call somebody out and say, excuse me, Hunter, that was my project. I have an email where you said you were too busy to work on it. So why don't you stop and stop taking credit for my work? I know when to do all these things. I wouldn't know if I didn't understand all of my weaponry, right? You have an arsenal. You got a shed with all these guns in it and stuff. You don't know how to use them. You're not picking them up. They're just going to sit there. And so you're missing out on a whole lot of firepower. I know myself and my femininity. And therefore, I can use it strategically because I'm not afraid of it. I don't see it as a weakness. I watch other people. I read a lot about history and women in history from Queen Elizabeth to Cleopatra to Mata Hari, even to Coco Chanel, Wallace Simpson, these kind of people. And I'm listening and I'm learning what works against men. What works against this specific man? Because they're not all created equal. Some men are more alpha. And then you need to stroke their ego. Oh my gosh, you just know so much. So why don't you decide which direction we go in, right? Some men are more beta. They take a much better stand, you know, with strong women. They react much better to that. So kind of a good way to figure out what to show and what to conceal, what to deploy and what to reserve. 
Look at your own strengths and weaknesses. I don't do great pretending a stupid person is smart. I really don't. I do fucking horrible letting anybody else take credit for my work. I mean, I if somebody borrows one of my sweaters, like I had a friend borrow a dress. Maybe this happened to you and it drives you crazy. She borrowed one of my dresses and she wore it to a party and people were complimenting her and she didn't ever say it was my dress. Do you know what I mean? Does that not make you insane? I'm like, it's actually mine. You know, and then I look petty and ridiculous, but it's like, well, it is mine. Or if someone takes one of your recipes and they make it for a party and like, I love these bacon wrap dates. It's like, they're shallons. Like you need to give me credit, cite your sources. But anyway, I know that about myself. I'm not afraid to look into that abyss. I'm not going to fall into it. I'm not just going to be overcome with like cringe chills and be like, okay, I am mature enough to say I'm not going to be cool with giving anybody else credit. I'm also not going to be cool with letting someone slack on a, something I assigned to them. No. Am I going to be cool with letting other people make decisions? Um, honestly, maybe yes. Because otherwise I won't second guess myself, blah, blah, blah. I don't get caught in that loop of did I make the right choice? So, hmm, okay, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually fine with that. Am I okay not speaking up in a meeting? I personally don't really like to speak up in meetings because if I'm talking, I'm not listening, you know? Sometimes I do, but historically, I kind of prefer to listen. That doesn't mean I'm weak. It just means I take a different tact then. I gain more information and more like, <laughs> more ammo against my coworkers and bosses when I am hanging back a little. I'm observing. I'm letting someone else stick their neck out and make a dumb comment and seeing how the boss reacts and I'm taking a note of that. Oh, okay, she made a joke. He didn't like that. Oh, somebody else made a joke, but it was at somebody else's expense and he did like that. Oh, okay, so he's kind of a bully. So if you can pit somebody else against you, he's, he's going to like that. He likes the gladiatorial combat. Hmm, okay. Now I have information and I haven't risked anything. So before you go in guns a-blazing to a male-dominated field, do a little bit of reconnaissance. Again, we're going back to that war metaphor that you know I love. Nobody charges into battle without so much planning. Troop movement, spies looking at things, drones capturing how many tanks they have in their division. They do a lot of research, so much planning and rehearsing and planning and rehearsing and planning. And it's boring and it's annoying. But then you go in there feeling, number one, so much more confident, which lessens the burnout, which helps you adapt to this new nine to five life and also gives you a leg up in terms of manipulation and work is manipulation. And it's so funny, some, so many people, not so many, but a decent amount of girls will come back to me when I'm like, okay, you need to dial this down. You need to dial this up. And they're like, but that's not authentic to me. Like, that's just not how, that's not authentic. Fuck your authenticity. This is strategy. Fuck your goddamn authenticity. No one cares if this is your authentic personality. Now I know. I just said, well, I'm not good at this and I'm not good at that. That's not my personality. That is the thresholds of my behavior. Because I can't sell it. I can, I can pretend to let Gary and Dennis take credit for my work, but I don't sell it well. And that ultimately backfires because I look so bitter. I bitch to everybody else in the office about it. And I hurt myself more. So I'm like, okay, standing up for myself will hurt me less 
than if I don't in this particular scenario. Do you understand what I'm saying? Does this make sense? Personality, to be validated and give you a good return on investment. Girl, good luck. And I know that this is unfair because in college, this kind of didn't come into play. You were sitting in class, you were listening. I mean, half your teachers probably didn't even know anything about your personality. You know, like it wasn't a factor in the outcome of success. It didn't have any bearing on your grades. Well, it does now. And truly, this is like dating. You have to play the game. Who your authentic, authentic self is, is not who you display on a first date. I mean, I am in the rattiest Target sweatpants you can possibly imagine. I am wearing Crocs and my old ROTC Army t-shirt right now. Got all dressed up for you. This is my authentic self. This is my favorite outfit. It is. I'm so comfy. I love it. Would I ever wear this on a date? Good God, no. I wouldn't even wear it if a guy came over. I'd put on like my cute loungewear. Like, oh, this. <laughs> I don't know. It's so old. Oh, is the tag still on? I don't know. Same with work. You got to play the game. And I know, I know. <laughs> oh, it just sounds so tiring. I know, girl. But let's go back to that active recovery. Let's go back to that strategic retreat until it doesn't sound so tiring. And while you're actively recovering, I want you to read things like The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene, The 48 Laws of Power, same guy, Daddy Green. Read The Art of War. Read things about leadership. Read things about manipulation. Read things about clever, seductive women in history and start to form a composite of your best traits that you're going to turn up and the traits that aren't going to be advantageous to you in work that you're going to dial down a little bit. Not that you can never display those traits in your life at all. You're not at work 24 hours a day. Can you hold it together for eight hours? Well, you're going to learn. Or like, you're not. You're going to be like my friend who went to Vanderbilt and who is an alcoholic. That path is definitely available to you. Or you can be like half my coworkers when I left Star Magazine who were like, I'm just a cog in a wheel. Oh, I can't ask for a raise. Yeah, they've still got their job there, but I wouldn't say that's a positive thing. They don't make any more money. They probably actually make less. They're just a workaday hump getting ground down by the man. That's not us. That's not us. We're going to have those moments. You know, you can't fight City Hall all the time. But by and large, we are going to move through our career with manipulation in mind. Securing our goals, our money, our corner office. And we do this again. Strategic retreat to avoid burnout. Understanding our strengths and our weaknesses, how we can play into these and how they fit against not only the industry we're in, but our actual managers and our coworkers. Rinse, repeat. Rinse, repeat. When you feel that burnout coming on, you dial up the active recovery. When you feel the burnout waning, you dial up the manipulation at work. When you can get in the habit of this, oh my God, what a weapon. If you guys want some more grad topics, I would love to hear them. Drop me a line on my website or comment on my latest Instagram. I see all of my comments. And like I said, come and join me in Paris. It's going to be so much fun. You deserve a break. You deserve something to look forward to. And God knows you deserve a croissant. I'll see you later, Shalligators. Well, that's it for this episode of Girl on Top. Thanks for being part of the Shalantourage. If you have a love question you need some help with, find me on my website, shallonlester.com, and be sure to connect with me on Instagram at shallonxo and subscribe to my YouTube channel. 
Stay sweet, stay savage. 